1 Samuel 26. Then the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is not David hiding himself on the hill of Hakilah, which is on the east of Jeshimon? So Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, with three thousand chosen men of Israel, to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul encamped on the hill of Hakilah, which is beside the road on the east of Jeshimon. But David remained in the wilderness. When he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness, David sent out spies and learned that Saul had indeed come. Then David rose and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay, with Abner, the son of Ner, the commander of his army. Saul was lying within the encampment, while the army was encamped around him. Then David said to Ahimelech the Hittite, and to Joab's brother, Abishai, the son of Zeruai, who will, who will go down with me into the camp to Saul? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai went to the army by night. And there lay Saul sleeping within the encampment, with his spear stuck in the ground at his head. And Abner and the army lay around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has given your enemy into your hand this day. Now please let me pin him to the earth with one stroke of the spear, and I will not strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, for who can put out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And David said, As the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him, or his day will come to die, or he will go down into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But take now the spear that is at his head and the jar of water and let us go. So David took the spear and the jar of water from Saul's head and they went away. No man saw it or knew it, nor did any awake, for they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen upon them. Then David went over to the other side and stood far off on top of the hill with a great space between them. And David called to the army and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Will you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered, Who are you who calls to the king? And David said to Abner, Are you not a man who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not kept watch over your lord, the king? For one of the people came to destroy the king, your lord. This thing that you have done is not good. As the lord lives, you deserve to die because you have not kept watch over your Lord, the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the jar of water that was at his head. Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is this your voice, my son David? And David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Why does my lord pursue after his servant? For what have I done? What evil is on my hands? Now therefore let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If it is the Lord who has stirred you up against me, may he accept an offering. But if it is men, may they be cursed before the Lord, for they have driven me out this day that I should not that I should have no share in the heritage of the Lord. Saying, Go serve other gods. Now therefore, let not my blood fall to the earth away from the presence of the Lord, for the king of Israel has come out to seek a single flea like one who hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, 
I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will no more do you harm, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Behold, I have acted foolishly and have made a great mistake. And David answered and said, Here is the spear, O king. Let one of the young men come over and take it. And the Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord gave you into my hand today, and I would not put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. Behold, as your life was precious this day in my sight, so may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord, and may he deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be you, my son David. You will do many things and will succeed in them. So David went his way, and Saul returned to his place. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, you know, this this little story is interesting, mm-hmm. um, especially in light of yesterday's conclusion yeah, to the yeah. story, because you see David uh, face an injustice, which he's been facing this, like, overarching injustice this whole time, really, mm-hmm. from Saul. But he faces this injust- injustice from uh, Nabal, Mm-hmm. And he's really angry and he wants to take this like salvation in his own hands. But Abigail stops him. And then this very next story, um, they hear that Saul, who's been pursuing him for so long, has been trying to kill him over and over and over again. Uh, they go down and they have the chance essentially to take salvation into their own hands. Mm-hmm. The spear is next to Saul mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> in the ground. And this, And not only that, in contrast to Abigail, who was encouraging David to do good and to trust God, Abishai is telling David to do the opposite. Mm. <laughs> He's saying, uh, kill him. Let me kill him, actually. Yeah. Um, Let me pin him to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> With one stroke. Yeah, I yeah, will not strike yeah, twice. Says, I'm not even, I don't even need two strokes. <laughs> like, yeah. The fool's going to be pinned. And, <laughs> and David, though, you know, it's almost like he was like, reinvigorated by Abigail's righteousness. I know. Yeah. And now he's acting righteously. Um and 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 is more aware of what pleases God than what he might want to do. Um and so I just think it's interesting to compare both of those stories. Um and then we have as as it goes on though, you know, obviously Saul realizes what happened and what didn't happen and um more importantly and uh, and they have this little exchange, and it seems like they end on good terms. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So what are some of your thoughts uh, from this passage as well? Yeah, let me read these words. This is from Psalm fifty-four, which the heading tells us um, it's a massacre of David when the Ziphites went and told Saul, "Is not David hiding among us?" So this happened a few chapters ago. So. This is a psalm that David has really recently written. And verses 4 and 5, well, I'll I'll throw 3 in there too. So 3, 4, and 5, I think, you know, I I think these, at least this sentiment, had to be ringing in David's head as he's down there. Mm. It says, you know, for strangers have risen against me. Ruthless men seek my life. They do not set God before themselves. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. He will return the evil to my enemies. In your faithfulness, put an end to them. Mm-hmm. And then he concludes with, with a free will offering I sacrifice to you. I give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good, for he has delivered me from every trouble. And my eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. 
like this is you know david has literally just written this this song this prayer and i think it's such a powerful insight into his heart like mm-hmm. he is so confident in the faithfulness and the justice of god that he doesn't feel you know he can resist that need that urge to take matters into his own hands and mm. i think you're right like i think the whole abigail scenario that we just read was a big recentering of that posture and you know that it really does trickle down to us today where you know we might not be hopefully you're not tempted jeremy to pin any of your enemies to the ground with a spear not recently <laughs> <laughs> at least not Physically, okay, literally, okay. <laughs> um, maybe proverbially. Yeah, yeah, maybe too. Oh gosh, oh, yeah. I need to, probably need to repent of that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but you know, like I, I still do think like there are times where we feel shorthanded. We feel yeah, totally. that you know we've been shorted, or, or even just with other things in our life that are not necessarily conflicts with other men, but that are just like areas where we want to take matters into our own hands. Mm-hmm you know what a great model this is of just a a steep steep confidence in god's faithfulness yeah i think that is such a good word i mean and it has so many applications i mean when you think about just work your family even like leading in a church or in a small group or in anything you can have like this kind of i'm gonna take this into my own hands i've got a vision for this i'm gonna make it work the way I need to mm-hmm. and slay whatever big enemy it is that we're facing. And, um, and that's just not the character of God's people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if anything, I've been stirred by this story as it's just this drama of mm-hmm. trusting God to trust him with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think there's even, which I don't, I don't want to bend the text, but I think this is actually, you know, kind of faithful to the heart of David and mm-hmm. the heart of God that we see here. I think what we see a lot of in the Christian world is, you know, Christians like bashing other Christians or even just like secular people on the rocks Mm. because they've departed from the truth or like at least in their opinion, they've departed from the truth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dees always talks about how that's actually, that is worldliness, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. that that sort of angry, um, you know, vengeful protection of, mm-hmm. of whatever values or whatever, like that is not Christ-like. That, like that's kind of like Peter cutting off the ear of, mm-hmm. you know, the priest yeah. slave as they mm-hmm. are cruci- or arrested Christ. And, um, you know, I, I think like it's even a good word of trusting the Lord to, you know, I think, as a Christian in, you know, circles where we don't, where we feel like we're kind of like the minority, it's easy to kind of resort to mockery or to sarcasm or to, you know, just straight up like anger mm. to do what we view as what is ultimately good and right. And, and I, I think it's interesting how like David is faithful, but ultimately he, he trusts God to be the one who establishes, you know, righteousness and mm-hmm. who who makes things right. Mm-hmm. David is not the one who's going to make things right. And, and, you know, I think that's even just like on a personal level of like, where do we get tempted? I think that's an area where we 
all get tempted to take matters into our own hands, but where it's like, Hey, just, you know, be an ambassador for, for truth and for righteousness, but do not like resort, you know, do not put blood on your hands in the Mm. process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of, I think takes being aware of just what is God doing in the present moment to, to do that. And so like in this moment, Saul is the Lord's anointed, Mm. (laughs) you know, and David's recognizing that by actually saying it, you Mm -hmm. know? And so if there are things that God is obviously like a good example of that is just like authority. Like if there, if, if someone is in authority over you, Bible says that God put them in authority. Yeah. And so recognizing that and saying that and then treating them as such is like actually demonstrating trust. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Man, this is rich passage. Amen. So good. Um, this has been great. For Will Carlisle, I'm Jeremy Brooks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.